Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend, the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation.
Welcome to WCW Retro. I am your host for the evening, Puppet Stro, the Mike Stro, President. Great to be here with you guys. I missed you all so much. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. <laughs> but um glad to be back here with you all guys. I miss you all so much. And tonight's a special night. We'll be discussing the, the career of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, some of his great matches over the years and career highlights, etc., and, and influences as well. So, uh, looking forward to talking about Ricky Jackson Steamboat here tonight, including all the great wrestling news on hand, what's happening in the world. Uh, you never know who's going to call in. It's having fun right here at WCW Retro. I, I allude to it as the Wild Wild West podcast, but it's always a lot of fun. But great to have you guys with us. Uh, man, I've been going through a lot. Recovering on the men from a sinus infection on top of uh, all kinds of crazy things happening in my life. But I'm on the comeback trail, and uh, great to be here with you guys. As always, uh, uh, you can't keep a good person down, right? <laughs> so here I am back, and uh, just raring to go with you guys. Uh, another edition of WCW Retro. Uh, before we get started... Uh, and talk more about Ricky Derek and Steamboat with your callers. And which, by the way, you guys can call anytime in tonight's live WCW Retro podcast at 914 338 1885. I'm saying that number 914 338 1885. And uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys tonight. But uh, before we do that, I'd like to uh, shout outs and uh, announcements as well. First off, uh, specialfriends.com, Cauliflower Alley Club, find out what they're up to at caulifieralleyclub.org, R-O-G, uh, Innovative Hybrid Wrestling in the Maritimes there in Canada, find them what they're up to at facebook.com slash ISW Wrestling, uh, support VOC Nation, don't call it, go to VOCNation.com, all the great podcasts we got here on VOC Nation, uh, support us also on Pro Wrestling Tees at ProWrestlingTees.com slash VOC Nation, get your favorite VOC Nation t-shirt today, including one of WCW Retro and one of yours truly, Pop Stroke. Or Pitch Stroke. And uh, if you'd like to donate, make a donation to yours truly, give me a cup of coffee, uh, give me some tips, uh, gifts, etc. I, I love receiving all that from you guys. And some if you'd like to donate to me, send it to my PayPal at paypal.me and it's Mary E.E. slash Pop Stroke. That's paypal.me slash Pop Stroke. Thank you in advance for your support. If you'd like to book me for your event, whether it's uh, to cast me for your television or film project, uh, for your commercial uh, endorsement, um, uh, book me for your Comic-Con uh, conventions, seminars, uh, speaking engagements, uh, radio interviews, podcast interviews, uh, charities, birthday parties. Uh, if you'd like to book me for your wrestling events, uh, to do commentary, uh, the voiceover, what have you. Uh, I do a lot of these things. Uh, that and then some. Hit me up at Strofoya, S-T-R-O number 4-Y-A at Yahoo.com. That's Strofoya at Yahoo.com. Let's talk business, baby. And also, if you'd like to be, be your influencer ambassador for your product, I am now an influencer and ambassador. So uh, hit me up and let's talk business as well. And also, if you uh, Guys who like to be a special guest by coming up to WCW Retro, hit me up. WCW Retro at Yahoo.com. Let's get you some exposure on the show, if you will. It'll be a good time. 
And uh, here's my social media roundup. My official website, thestro.com. My merchandise site, merch, thestro.com, T-H-E-S-T-R-O.com slash merchandise. Get your Papa Stro merch today uh, for all ages. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Signs of Stro, T H E S T R O. Instagram, Stro Maestro. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, guys, at youtube.com slash Stro Maestro. Uh, I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Real Papa Stro. And so forth. And as far as film news goes, uh, I'll be on set soon for an upcoming feature. Uh, I just completed a horror sci fi miniseries. First episode will be out this Halloween. I'll be putting more news out there once we get closer to premiere time. Uh, I've got some upcoming projects I'll be working on. Uh, the Devil's Daughter Harlequin Story that stars Dr. Arkham is still playing on YouTube.com as well as Amazon Fire TV and Dominus TV. Just type in for the search bar to reach The Devil's Daughter Harlequin Story to go watch it free. Um, also, I have the horror movie out from Vimeo.com which you watch called Stench of Nicoli that stars an ancient vampire named Abba in the film. And to go to that to watch for free, go to Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com slash Turnerverse, just like it says. Vimeo dot com slash Turnerverse. That'll be for you know. And I'll be posting, posting more updates about community film projects as they develop. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with me. I appreciate the love and support. Um, uh, thank you for the love all the uh, interviews I've done online, you know, through Hannibal TV, uh, two men, uh, through Power Podcasts, uh, and various other um, podcasts that they interviewed me as of late. Thank you for the love and support for that. And even the ones that were, my name was mentioned for other uh, interviews. I really appreciate the support and love. Thank you guys. I love you guys in return. More than you know. More than you know. But uh, with that, uh, the callers are lined up. Uh, uh, sit tight, guys. We'll take a quick, um, quick pause for the cause, commercial break, and we'll come back. We'll, uh, we'll be talking Ricky the Dragon Steamboat right here on this be Red Coast. Stick with us. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Kito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter 
at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali, to let you know you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to WCW Retro. Papa Stro here with you guys. Uh, tonight is Ricky Steamboat Night, the Dragon. We'll be celebrating uh, his career, highlights, uh, influences, etc. It's going to be a good night. So if you got a, a cool Ricky Steamboat story you'd like to tell, call in anytime tonight's live WCW Retro Podcast. 914-338-1885. Once again, that number is 914-338-1885. I'm glad to have you guys with us. And before we get to call, let's give a little introduction for old Richard Dragon Steamboat. Uh, Maiden name, uh, Richard Henry Blood Sr. And he was born uh, February 28, 1963. Uh, better known for his ring name, Richard Dragon Steamboat, of course. Uh, and best was with the American Wrestling Association, AWA, Jim Crockett Promotions, World Championship Wrestling, and World Wrestling Federation, now WWE. And uh, Chicago Promotions, WCW, he was a one-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion, four-time United States Heavyweight Champion, a four-time World Television Champion, and a 12-time World Tag Team Champion, uh, eight-time under his WCW, WCW banner, uh, one-time, though unofficial, under the NWA banner, and three-time under the Mid-Atlantic banner, and two-time Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion, and WWF, WWE, rather, Steamboat was one-time Intercontinental Champion and arguably one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history against the Boston Man Randy Savage and was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame the class of 2009. Uh, well, and, and what a storied career with the Dragon Steamboat's had this year. Uh, 
I, I, I know uh, personally one of the smoothest art, artistic wrestlers I've, I've ever stepped in the ring with. Uh, him along, him and Bobby, beautiful Bobby, were two of two of the guys on the Africa and two um, two masters of the ring right there. And uh, Ricky Dragon Steamboat man, one of the all-time best, greatest of all time. And so, so uh, yeah, let's get to the callers, shall we? Uh, I think we got my brother Chaz here online from Chicago. What's going on, Chaz? Here. Uh, Chaz, my brother. Hey, Stro, how are you, brother? I'm good. Great, I'm good. Yeah, hey, going along. Hey. Everything's happening here in Chicago. We're we're gearing up for the Midwest Wrestling Reunion, which is July 17th, and. Um, hey. So things are, are getting ramped up for that. It's a nice little luncheon that we have, and we give out a couple of awards. We honor people that are in our region that have, uh, you know, done stuff in terms of tag teams and men and women and lifetime achievement. In fact, our lifetime achievement this year is for somebody who had an influence on Ricky Steamboat. It's Freddie Sharkey, who was a notable oh, trainer right. of Medusa and the Road Warriors and Rick Rude. Yeah, he's going to be joining That's us. So cool. As our lifetime achievement award winner, but uh, so yeah, we're gearing up for that. Awesome. You know, that's uh, nice. that's always an exciting part of part of our summer. And uh, oh, man, other than that, you know, just just going along. It's amazing what you get used oh, to, I isn't know. it? Oh, isn't it though? <laughs> I'm so with you there. It's been crazy. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. You'll have to um, as, you know, as the day gets closer, it'll tell us more about it. I mean, that that's pretty. That's really, really, really yeah, cool. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, Ricky, yeah, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat night, man. God, there's so many great memories of him, man. He, he's done a lot. I mean, where do you start? God, well, Ricky yeah. the Dragon Steamboat, where where do you start? I mean, the thing that, that struck me most about him was the evolution, his evolution as a as a wrestler and, and as a, a draw. You know, I... Uh, Steamboat was always Steamboat from when he was in Mid-Atlantic, but you could see how right. he evolved, and you could see how he um, he started out rather traditional. You know, in fact, back when he started, a lot of martial arts moves were outlawed. You know, they were considered right. against the rules. And it wasn't until, yeah. like, maybe the late, late 70s, early 80s, where, you know, kicks and, and, uh, and strikes and whatnot and punches were, you know, not as looked down upon as they were back in the 70s when he started. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's interesting to, you know, to see how he developed as a as a wrestler. And one of the things that I, I'll never get tired of watching is his arm drag. That Japanese arm drag oh. that he does where he got in so deep, I mean, that was just Unreal. so smooth. It, it, it's yeah. a highlight reel in and of itself. And, you know, he's another one of those, uh, one of the few class of wrestlers that can get in there with a broomstick and make it look like a superstar. I mean. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And, you know, his matches with Flair, because both of those gentlemen had the ability to to make a mop look good. I mean, their matches were just Mm -hmm. classics. I think, you know, I'm a... I'm a purist in, in that I like matches that have a big fight feel. I like matches that yeah. that make you that make you sit up and say, "Hey, wait a minute! I'm, I'm witnessing history here. I'm witnessing something special." 
And I right. think the the one that comes to mind in terms of, of Steamboat is his match in New Orleans, the two out of three fall match on the Clash of Champions with Flair. That, to me, oh I argue that that was the greatest wrestling match in the history of the game. And it, it, there's a few people in the ring you can literally watch all night, and, and those two are right at the top. You know what I mean? I can literally oh, watch yeah. these guys I mean, wrestle. They were different styles, but they were mirror images of each other. And, you know, again, it was back in a time where the sport aspect of, of professional wrestling was truly dominant, especially in the Crockett territory. And, uh, right. you know, again, to watch those two, you didn't, I don't know. And, again, I'm going to show my age, and I'm going to show my um, my sour taste toward the Internet wrestling community, but they didn't talk about finishes. They didn't talk about move sets. They didn't talk about uh, who is the promoter going to give the belt to. They didn't talk about any of that bullshit. They talked about who's going to win. Is Flair going to be Steamboat or is Steamboat going to be Flair? And there has to be a conclusive winner, which is why it's two out of three falls. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish we can go back to those days. I really do. Oh, not in terms of, of, of not in terms of the modern, not in terms of getting rid of like modern wrestling, but shifting the focus back to where it should be. I mean, it's a sporting right, contest right. for God's sake. It is. I mean, when it comes Brad comes on the brass tacks, it, 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 it's just as much a sport as any other sport in the world. Most definitely, but and again, I fault uh, part of that fault goes to people in the wrestling business. We're our own worst enemies in terms of giving away what should be kept secret. Oh, oh yeah. And, and I mean, I've talked to Steamboat at least. Belief, man. Ricky Steamboat was like a master of that because you, you never know. You never knew what. I mean, he just made, made wrestling such an art form. Yeah, I mean, I talked to Steamboat at least three, four times during the course of my short career, and each time, Ricky never let on that that um, that this was anything less than a sport. You know, we talked about this right. two out of three falls match when I met him the last time, and he said, honest to God, the third fall, he said there was no finish for the third fall. He said Crockett mm-hmm. left it up to us as to who was going to win. And they called it in a ring. And that translated. You felt that. You know, the right. same thing with his match with, with the same thing with his match at WrestleMania three with Macho Man. I mean, oh they, that match bad. stole the show. But it wasn't done intentionally. You know, they didn't go no. out to steal the show by doing a thousand high spots. They went out and stole the show because of the emotion that they put in as well right. as the athleticism. Exactly. You know, and in case anybody is going to say, oh, well, Steamboat won with a high spot. No, he didn't. He won with a small package out of a body slam. Yeah. <laughs> it was just phenomenal storytelling between him and It Zach. was. And again, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You didn't know if Savage was going to retain the IC title or if Steamboat was going to take it. But there wasn't any of this right. nonsense of going... You know, and I, I hear this, and it makes me it, it makes me cringe. Even when I even when I attended Hell in the Cell this you know a couple months ago, I would hear I, you would hear people in the stands, and they're like, 
oh, I wonder who they're who they're going to give this match to. Really? If that's the case, then what are you yeah. doing here? Why don't you just play a guessing game with the uh, with the Booker and call it a day? That's so stupid. And, 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 well, one thing about Steamboat that was really fascinating. I mean, he'll he'll sell anything, but even even when he's down, he's, he's showing that he has a fighting chance at any moment. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, I maybe what every baby face should be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. Go look at his tag matches with Jay Youngblood. Those are classics. The feud they had oh, with yeah. Sergeant Slaughter and Don Kernodal back in the mid-Atlantic oh, days was a classic. Those are the money makers back then. That, that feud there. Oh, my God. And, you know, Huge. and again, thank God for for uh, Victory Sports Series and the After Mags and, and Pro Wrestling Illustrated because... If you didn't live in the Mid-Atlantic, you didn't see those matches. You read about them, though. And you could even right, feel right. the emotion reading about them in a magazine. And, and, and Steamboat just taught you how much selling is so important in this business. You know what I mean? It's so, such a vital part of our industry. Oh, it is. It is. I think Steamboat ranks right up there in the top three with, uh, with wrestlers that could draw the crowd in with their emotion. I mean, I, I still maintain that Ricky Morton is number one at that. There's nobody better at selling than Ricky Morton. Uh, oh, I would and, list and Steamboat they, as number two, and I'd list mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes as number three. I mean, Big Dust could bring oh, yeah, the crowd right in, couldn't he? Dust. Yes. I mean, he can yes. make you, I mean, you know, granted, half of the time when Dusty hit the 45-minute mark, his uh, ability to show you that he was tired wasn't acting. I mean, that's a big man working 45 minutes to an hour. It really is. But he he brought you into the emotion of it, though. You know, you, yeah, you he knew did. he was reaching down for everything he had. Same thing with Steamboat. You knew that when he when he hit a comeback, he was reaching down for everything that he had in order to win the match. And, I mean, isn't that the objective? Yeah, absolutely. And Steamboat's cardio was right up there with flares, man. He can go all night. Yeah. Only thing is, Steamboat went home at night. You know, and I think that was the <laughs> yeah. I think that was the clash of, I think that was the other unique clash of styles that Steamboat and Flair brought to brought to wrestling is that they were so diametrically opposed in terms of lifestyle. You know, Steamboat being the family man who went home every evening and concentrated on his workouts and concentrated on making himself the best wrestler possible, and then you had Flair who would just go out partying all night and still make it to the still make it to the arena. Still do sixty minutes, oh, ninety minutes, whatever, and give a hundred and ten percent and pull out the victory more often than not. I, I mean, right. you know, Blair everybody thinks that everybody thinks that Blair Yeah, I mean everybody thinks that Blair didn't care about his physique and whatnot. Nonsense. Blair was very much oh, on top of his physical game. Yes, yes he was. God, I mean, like you said, him and Steamboat were like mirror images of each other. Exactly. Similar, it was crazy. Crazy. Exactly. I mean, you you get you get kids nowadays, and again, it's it's a knock on some of them, and it's not a knock on some of them. I mean, you got some kids nowadays that God love you should not belong in the ring. I mean, 160, 180 pounds of chewed bubble gum. 
I mean, they haven't seen the inside of a gym ever. And I'm not saying they got to be bodybuilders. Steamboat wasn't a bodybuilder. Neither was Flair. Neither was Dusty. No. But they still cared enough oh, they, about yeah. their appearance, and they cared enough about their, their physical well-being so that they could go out there and give you uh, an hour Broadway, night in and night out. And, and, they're, and they were big guys of their time, and for, for their size to go as long as they did, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, that, that's, a, that's a real testament, man, right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the guys that, that couldn't go like that, they were either forced to, or they didn't last long. I mean, again, not a knock against him, because he was he was touted back in '86 as the next big thing. But Luger couldn't go like Steamboat and Flair did. He just couldn't. No. He didn't have the stamina. No, I mean he had he had the you know he had that million dollar body, and uh, I mean God bless him, he worked hard for it. Don't get me wrong, but you know and he worked within, he worked within him. his strength. Yeah, he worked with right. his strength. I mean, his strength were power moves, and he did well at that. But he wasn't yes. ever going to get to Steamboat's level. He couldn't go. You know, after 25 yeah. minutes, yeah. he's gassed. He's right. all done. Exactly. We're up. We're being joined you know, Mr. Hollywood. Joined through this combo. Oh, uh, okay, Hollywood, cool. Thank you for this, man. How you doing, Mr. Hollywood? Uh, how you doing, Pop? my show. Hello to all my friends on the line. Hope everybody's doing okay. Yeah, we're you good, brother. How are you? You know, last week I got, I got, I got, I got COVID. I got tested positive COVID on last week, but I'm doing better now. Oh, oh that's good. I hear that, man. Yeah, knock me off yeah, my Yeah, man, COVID is no joke, bro. You're right. You're right. You know what they say? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Yes, sir. That's it. I'm about as strong as you can get right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah. sound like one, man. I feel the, I feel the energy. That's a perfect segue, man. That's a perfect segue. We're talking about tonight. One. One of the biggest baby faces of all time, and we get Dragon Steamboat. Man, oh, definitely. Yeah, Rick cool Rick Steamboat. Yeah, Rick Oh yeah, when he, uh, when he beat Flair, when he beat, oh, well, I mean, his, when he beat Flair, when he first beat Flair for the um, uh, world title, you I mean? I yeah, mean, that, that was that in Chicago, wasn't it? Uh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, it was it in was, Chicago. I was at that match. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was one of my great memories. I mean him beating Flair over the um, World Heavyweight title. I mean that was yeah, that, that was, was that was something. Yeah, that was and you know bad. the one thing I the one thing I noticed about um that match where he beat Flair for the title is um the Illinois State Athletic Commission was there in full force. In fact, wow. one of the guys that one of the guys that runs the Midwest Wrestling Reunion with me, Joe Moriello, was the timekeeper, and um, wow. Tommy Young had to get licensed in Illinois as a referee, or he couldn't work the match. Wow, that's uh, crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. That is wow. crazy. It's crazy, God. but those were better days. I mean, the oh, shows yeah, I that I had, the shows that I've worked. The shows that I've worked in the last year, where there were at, where there were state athletic commissions present, were mm-hmm. such more were such better run shows, more professional. The men and the women working the show took everything more seriously, because the commission's no joke. The commission wants to make sure that you are a professional, not are some right? outlaw backyard mud show, getting together with your friends and. Uh, 
seen how much you can cosplay. You know, when the Dude, commissions were around, it was better. Oh yeah, I totally agree with yeah. that. That's why. That's why I, I totally agree with you because, like I said, that's why I like the old school wrestling. I mean, I love the old school because it was nothing like the old school. I mean, it was it was nothing like it. I mean, I mean, not taking anything not taking anything away from you know the new school, but it's nothing like the old school. I mean, nothing like. Yeah, we we touched on um, Steamboat Flair. I mean, another guy that Steamboat helped. And had some great matches with uh, was uh, Steve Austin. Right oh yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, wow. Back into a stunning Steve. <laughs> yeah, stunning. Yeah, yeah. great match. Yeah, and you know, it, it, we always talk about styles are styles can either enhance or, or detract from the matchup. And Steamboat's few matches with Muda, they were all right. But they didn't live up to yeah, the hype no. because the the styles were too similar. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. I've been wondering you know, what, nothing... what would have happened if they, they, they would have had a, a feud there in WCW when they were both at there at the time, Buddha and Steamboat. Well, like it, really depends on, it really depends on, on how they would have... Um, on how they would have stacked up in terms of, of attitude... You know, because Muda, to me, Muda was never really a true heel. He had Gary Hart. Gary Hart made him a heel. But Muda right. himself, if you just take a look at his style and the way he conducted himself in the ring, I mean, you know, we, we look at the we look at and, and we admire and we laugh and we uh, we pop for the green mist when Asuka uses it right now. But the green mist was illegal. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a caustic substance. And if you've ever been... If you've ever been hit with the green mist, and I have once, sure you were there. It was in Vegas. Uh, it burns. Yes. Mm-hmm. You got to get your eyes washed out because that thing burns. Dang. Oh yeah, but <laughs> that's crazy. I thought. I, thought, I think um, actually was a better deal. Honestly, remember the great. Yeah, yeah that's tough I thought he was a better deal because Mudo, Mudo had that more yeah. of a baby face, baby face. Persona, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, Muda to me was healed by association. Gary Hart right. was the perfect handler for him. Did all his talking and whatnot, but Muda never deviated from his style. He just came out and, and gave you that good, smooth Japanese style. It's the same thing Steamboat had. Yep, yep. Because yep. I, I think eventually, eventually, if if Muda had stuck around more WCW, he would eventually be in a big time baby face. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he, uh, he's, an, he's an incredible wrestler as well. But I, you know, I, I think um, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier. But Steamboat's time in the Mid Atlantic, and you know, um, working various NWA events during the late '70s when he first got started into um, the early '80s. I think that's what made him. I mean, working with and around guys like Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, Harley Race when Harley was champion, Dory Funk Jr. when he was champion, right. Terry Funk when he was champion. I mean, Terry yeah. was champion in, what, 76? I want to say that's wow. when Steamboat first got started. Wow. You know, you, yeah. you're, in, you're in locker rooms that's with these guys, right. and like you said, Mr. Hollywood, you know, you're yeah. in locker rooms with guys who are ultimate professionals who are putting right. food on their table by what they, by what they get paid, and they, get, they got paid by the draw. 
So they didn't right. draw. They didn't get a piece of the gate. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think, I think it, it, um, it, 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 it's a shame yeah. with the time frame and all and everything yeah, going because totally like when WCW had the NWO and all that going on, it's yeah. Steamboat, if he was still, if he was still primed, he, he would have been a big time babyface to align himself with Flair and, and the others to fight the NWO. Oh, you know, definitely. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I oh, Steamboat. most definitely. Yeah. Because you know, he, you know, you know, he, he, like like we all know. I mean, he he stayed true and true to what he was. You know, he never sold out. He never turned heel or anything like that. So I I could see him kind of like lying himself with WCW. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you know, been great, like, like yeah, lining like super yeah, I, against the NWO. Yeah, I mean, you know, here Vince tried to change him a little bit, making him carry out that stupid Komodo dragon. But once he got right. in the ring, once the match started, it was Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. God, I mean, what a run he had! You know, we mentioned him in the Macho Man, Randy Savage, WrestleMania three, and uh, exactly. the great matches he had. You know, the match, he had a great match with Rick Rude too, man. Oh my God, he did. Great oh match. hell yeah! With um, match with Steamboat, with Steamboat, was he ever the WWF champion? Because I can't remember. No. No, no, he wasn't. No. That's my knowledge. No, okay. he the only title he ever held in WWF was the Intercontinental. Oh, okay. You know, okay. WWF for and it wasn't a bad thing. They were very yeah. regimented. I mean, Vince had an idea as to who he wanted to challenge for the heavyweight title, and if you weren't, you know, six foot three, two seventy, yeah. you really didn't challenge two seventy plus. You didn't challenge for the heavyweight title very much. Um, yeah. Guys that were built like Steamboat and Savage and Rick Brood and, yeah. and DiBiase, uh, for the most yeah. part, those were really guys mean. that competed for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to me, made the IC title more prestigious in some ways than the world title because yeah, I right. thought you had a better caliber of wrestler to work, uh, wrestling for the IC title. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because, I mean, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, you know, I, I think what helped Savage a lot was his alliance with Hogan. That kind of brought him into roundabout way, brought him to the title picture. But if he if he didn't add it, I, I don't. I think Savage has been in the same situation as Steamboat. You know, what I mean, he he would come close, but like no cigar, real because yeah, you know, I mean, said, you know, you take right. a look at it. Savage was the first one to break that mold for the world title. I mean, when he won the world title. He showed that the right. I can't say smaller wrestler because Randy was six foot two three himself, yeah. but he was you know two thirty, not three yeah. not three twenty, and yeah, uh, right. you know he crossed over and held the world title respectively. I wish they would have gave I wish they would have brought a program up and let him rematch with Steamboat for the world title. That never happened, but I thought that would have been would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been. You know, by that time Steamboat had gone back to WCW. You know, one, one of the angles I wish they would have did, but I can understand why, because it was kind of a last-minute thing, because the Starcade of that year would have been, um, it originally was supposed to be uh, Vader defending the WCW title against Sid Vicious, but, but something happened to Sid, and Flair ended up taking his place, if you recall, at that yeah. year. If, if it originally had been Flair and Vader for the title, 
and, and Steamboat was still around. That, that mm-hmm. was so cool. Is you know, Vader and Steamboat would have some series of matches leading up to the match with Flair and Starcade because, you know, and, and they got to work it where Vader would say, hey, you know, Steamboat was one of Ric Flair's greatest challengers. So he's going to go after yeah, to get to Flair, right? So that, yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. That would have been really cool. Let's think about this angle for a second, too. I mean, let's think about the angle um, right after Flair beat Steamboat in 89 for the title. Um, He started feuding with Terry Funk. Now, imagine if Funk would have beaten Flair for the title. Notice I didn't didn't say that that stupid, nonsensical, uh, who's the promoter going to get the title to? All that nonsense. Funk couldn't beat Flair for that title. He tried. He couldn't do it. Okay, but if Funk had beaten Flair for that title and became a two-time NWA or WCW champion, man, the program that he could have had depending against Steamboat, who was still looking to get his title back. I mean, I'm a student of... At the Clash of Champions, when Terry and Ricky yeah. wrestled the main event. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a student of matchups. I'm a student of matchmaking and and setting up cards. I am not a student of storylines. Storylines are nonsense. <laughs> Just storylines. <laughs> you know what, what we missed out, too? You know, back when... Uh, Going back, you know, talking about the NWO when they were going strong, back when Hogan was uh, the uh, champion at the time. I mean, God, can you imagine him in Steamboat wrestling for the title? Oh, so, well, that would have been Would have been awesome. That would have been something. It would have been. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I got to ask you guys a question about the NWO. Mr. Hollywood, you'll probably be able to answer this. Yes, sir. Honestly, did the NWO need to expand to. Fifty guys under that banner. I, I was, I would, I, I would say so. I mean, because that's what kept the story going. I mean, because if you think about it, you know, the NWO they had like a five-year run. I mean, and 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 that's why I have to give credit to Eric Bischoff. I mean, and Scott Hall. You know, I mean, I understand Hogan all, but but we look at the whole picture. I mean, it was it, the whole NWO thing. It was just quite brilliant. Because think about it, because see, like, because um, you had the thing I liked about it. You had a lot of people you know, that was joining NWO, right? And some of them, you mean, was uh, some of them was leaving and they was going. It was like going. It was like a back and forth thing. You know what I'm saying? Because you had you know, had the giant. He was in um, he was in NWO and then he left NWO and went back to the WCW. You know what I'm saying? So you had a number of the, a lot of the rest. They were just really going back and forth. So they really made it. They really made it exciting to me. You mean because you didn't know? You yeah. Know, but I, I still think though they expanded too much. They got too, too many guys in that roster because if you take a, oh, in yeah, my opinion, pack and yeah, like I mean when you, if you take a look at it, like when the NWA how many members did they have at one time, it was I lost at one point it was almost crazy. fifty guys. It was oh my goodness, it was upwards wow. of fifty guys at one point, and I'm thinking when you take a look at the NWO, it started out Hogan yeah. National Hall. And when True. they went to WrestleMania, it ended up Hogan National Hall. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me ask you this: How many, how many wrestlers, how many on with like I said, you saying like fifty people at the end of year? Uh, how many wrestlers was on on? I mean, how many wrestlers that you had a total in WCW? A total. Oh, I sure would know um, that one. Uh, oh, there's and there was some that you would see because they were they're at home waiting to collect the paycheck. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 
crazy. Yeah, there were, yeah, there were I, guys really that you didn't even know were, were signed. I mean, Honky yeah. Tonk, man, I really didn't know he was signed with WCW until he told me. And I said, wait a minute, I never saw you there. He goes, yeah, but I, stayed, I sat home for two years collecting a check. What? Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't yeah, know I'm that. Really glad. I'm really glad you never asked me to join the NWO because I, I feel like, it, it, you know, I would have been more more obsolete if I did because, I mean, at the time, you had every, I'm literally everybody joining that group. It was ridiculous. Yeah, pretty much. Agreed. And there were only, in my opinion, there were only five guys that were worth it. I mean, you had Hogan, Flair, Nash, Scott Norton, yep. and uh, and probably X-Pac. Those five guys were, to me, were all the NWO needed. Everything else was just fluff. Yeah, leave it to the OGs. Yeah. That's how so I was. Yeah. yeah OGs get perfectly fine with that. True. Now the thing that like when you know when the NWO went to when the, when the NWO went to um WWE, I mean I have a major issue with Shawn Michaels. I mean, I think he, um, when he joined, because I, mean, I remember, I remember like when he came, uh, when in, when Shawn Michaels came, you know, he, like down the aisle, he didn't come in with the NWO. He came in with his song. I, I thought that was so corny. And I think at that point, you mean, I, I thought that was so corny, yeah. him coming out with his own music. You mean, he, he looked like a picture well, of but you had to look at it, though. The, ang- the angle of that WrestleMania was the NWO versus DX. So I mean, you yeah. had Michaels lined up with Billy Gunn, Road Dog, yeah, and Triple H, and then you had, you know, and then you had the NWO with Hogan, Nash, Hall, and, and X Pac. I mean, you know, yeah, it was a. If you take I, I a look think, at it in terms of styles, it was a perfect matchup. Yeah, I just didn't think Sean fit in. Like, I'm with you. I didn't think he fit in. Like, yeah, I didn't Bingo, think he fit in with the NWO. I don't think Bingo would have fit in either. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, Sean was an opportunist. Sean just tried to right. Sean tried to do whatever he could to extend his moment in the spotlight. He was an opportunist, but he, you know, again, his. I don't when you if you tell me the name Sean Michaels, I don't come up with NWO out of him. I come up with no, w, yeah, yeah. I come up with DX. Sure, yeah, you. I'll right. be honest with you. Right. I, I even thought it was strange when Dusty Rhodes joined the NWO. It, it was just yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> That was yeah. I was I was I couldn't. I was shocked on that one. I was really shocked. I was yeah, shocked. Yeah, but you had to give you had to give Big Dust credit though, man. He went to he went to ECW and he single handedly elevated the NWA title again. I mean, he put wow. Steve Carino yeah. so far over, and the NWA wow. title oh, yeah. the NWA title made made sense again when Rhodes worked yeah. uh, when Rhodes had that program that feud with Steve Carino. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, here's Steamboat, the guy that can walk in. What separates Steamboat from a lot of wrestlers is Steamboat can walk into any territory in the country, mm-hmm. and instantly the fans would know this is Ricky Steamboat. And I'm going right. back to the days yeah. before the Internet, guys. I'm going back to the magazine yeah. days. You're Ricky right. Steamboat could walk in, and his entrance music from WWF, which the Bulls stole, and everybody can say, oh, it was the Bulls music. Oh, nonsense. Steamboat was, wow. yes. was using it in 80, was using it in 86. The Bulls didn't wow. take that yeah. music until 93. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that was Steamboat's not. music. Yeah. And but he can walk into anywhere. He can go into Chicago, Vegas, L.A., Texas, Japan, yeah. Canada, Florida, yeah. the Carolinas, and you know it's Ricky yeah. Steamboat. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have to. You didn't have to be sold. 
on the fact that yep. it was Ricky Steamboat. And man walked in the arena. He's like, "Holy crap, that's Ricky Steamboat!" Right. You know, during my time, during my time at WCW, you know, um, like we were talking earlier, you, you know, we got we got the pride of Steamboat Hogan during the WWE because the fact that you know they're both big time baby faces, right? And they they just passed ever across. And I was really hoping that then when Hogan was healed, he was NWO and champ and all. I was really hoping somehow, some way, we could get it. We could have gotten a Ricky Steamboat Hulk Hogan match there, you know, under the circumstances. But it, it didn't mm-hmm. align that way for some reason. But that would have been so cool, man! I swear. Oh yeah, but again, again, in my opinion, here's the knock against Bischoff. Was Bischoff mm-hmm. a great storyteller? Yes, he was. But yeah. Bischoff was a terrible matchmaker. Oh, man. He didn't make matches. He he wrote soap operas. There's a lot going on with that. <laughs> no, there's something wrong with that. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what's wrong with that. That's mm-hmm. where wrestling went wrong because wrestling stopped being a sport and stopped being a, a testosterone-fueled soap opera. Yeah. That's pretty much what the NWO is all about. Yeah, and that to me, that's where, but that's where wrestling went wrong. The NWO, they were still wrestlers, dude. They mm-hmm. were still guys that were competing for titles. They were still guys that wanted to be dominant. But when they mm-hmm. start, you know, writing up uh, 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 storylines that would just never fly now. I mean, the way he treated, the way they treated um, women wrestlers was atrocious. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they treated guys like, and Jim Hurd, too, is, is at fault for this, and mm-hmm. Barnett. The way they treated guys that were pure wrestlers, like Steamboat, like Flair, like Sting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, DDP, like Stroh. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, right. Stroh, Stroh, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You should have been pushed a lot harder than they actually did. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Well, I, I, was, I was really ready to do more, honestly. I was ready to go, you know. I, I mean, I your, did what I could. your gimmick, <laughs> your, yeah. your persona that you had, um, even before they, they made you change your name, which I will... If ever I meet Bishop, I'll tell him straight to his face. There is no freaking way that you take a man's family lineage and give it to a model. I don't care who she's dating. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I've already told yeah, her that to her whole, face. That's a whole new, whole, whole new story by itself, right? <laughs> well, I get it. But, I mean, she's not she's not happy with me because I told her to her face. I said, uh, you have no business with that name. You stole it. Wow. <laughs> Who are you to tell me that? Who am I? I'm a wrestling fan. I'm a manager. Yeah. I'm a worker. And I'm a student of the game. You don't like it? Too bad. <laughs> but, you know, again, during that during that time, you know, no disrespect, the Outsiders and the NWO was mm-hmm. a, a great idea that was just, it was played out too much. By the time, mm-hmm. that, by the time it, it ended... It didn't have that, oh, my God, this is the NWO feel. You're like, oh, Jesus, these guys again? <laughs> I, I, mean, I just, like love to see Ricky Steamboat uh, and Flair, like, team up to represent WCW during that time. Yeah. The NWO was going strong, man. That would have been great. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want, you want to talk about, here, you want to talk about fantasy matches. And I, I don't know if it if it happened during a, during a, their time in the Carolinas or whatnot, but mm-hmm. Steamboat matching up with a guy like Bruiser Brody would have been phenomenal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 
God. You know, it would have been a good Brody was the man. Mm-hmm. Was oh, Brody could go. No two ways about it. Yeah. He, he was tough. Oh, my God. I love I You notice there weren't, a lot of, there weren't a lot of guys back in the mid-'80s that wanted to travel to all Japan and and uh, and have to hook up with Brody and Gordy or Brody and Stan Hansen. Uh, yeah, it's a little out there with those boys. Yeah, Stan Hansen, I remember yeah. he was a tough customer. He was a tough customer. Oh, my God. You know, but I've seen steamboating matches out from Japan where he wrestled Jumbo Sharuda and wrestled the great Tenyaru. <laughs> I mean, those were just, those were great matches. And those were oh guys God, that yeah. weren't... You know, they, they weren't, um, the style wasn't that they were uh, overtly martial artsy or they were uh, ninjas right. or they were any such over-the-top nonsense. They had yeah. their own style. They had that good Asian wrestling style that was popularized back in the 60s. And they, you know, they worked hard. You tell me one time, well, a long time ago, that uh, they had the opportunity to wrestle Hanson and Brody in Japan. That him and Jay had this game plan where you know, you know, they would feel them out and, and try to blow them up in the ring. Because you know, Ricky and Jay's cardio was really good, but they said by the time the bell ring they started, be doggone if yeah. they were trying. They felt they felt like Brody and Hanson was trying to blow them up because I mean, for big guys, they said they were moving like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, well, that's crazy. Yeah, not only that, that but you know, I mean, Brody and Hanson. They impose their style upon you. You know, they, they say they, they say styles make the matchup. Well, I mean, Brody and Hanson weren't uh, weren't playing around in there. They were going out there to annihilate people and to win because the more they won, the more they got paid. You know, that whole idea yeah, that the Japanese perpetuated in sumo, where the winner got more than the loser in their pay yeah. envelope. That was true in wrestling as well. Wow! If yeah, you won bad. matches and you climbed up the ranks and you climbed up the card, you got mm-hmm. paid more. Wow. Mhm. Yeah, and Steamboat, you know, he brought he brought that emotion out of it. He made you believe he was going to a battle yeah. in the ring every single time, man. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He really did. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, they were both baby faces, but. I would have loved to have seen Steamboat and Tommy Rich go at it in 82 when Tommy won the world title. Right. I remember him. Yeah, because Tommy's so underrated. I mean, Tommy could go. He just didn't have have that personality that was marketable. He was just the young guy that was out there, and you know what? He got lucky. Take a look at the match where he won the title. He got lucky. Inside yeah, cradle, right, held it for right three down. seconds. He's champ. Wow. Nice place right now. Incredible. Yep. That was incredible. Incredible. You know, he didn't he didn't implode like Terry like uh Terry Von Eric did. I mean he didn't Tommy's reign was short because Tommy got lucky. Was he a yeah. good wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. But he got lucky. He won the title. You know, winning yeah. it and holding yeah. it are two different things. You take Ricky Steamboat as a good looking of a guy as he was, it's amazing he didn't go into Hollywood sound like some of the guys did. Because, I mean, he would have been, he was a good enough looking guy. He could have been like in any type yep. of movie or film. I mean, oh, definitely. Yeah, no he looked question. like a million dollars. He would have been typecast, yeah. though, unfortunately. Yeah, I, think, I think Ricky would have been typecast, unfortunately. 
but I really don't think that was his thing. I don't think that he was much into that, though, honestly. No, no. I would like to. I would like to have seen him as a Bond villain. Oh God, yes. Wow. I mean, God. you take a you take a look at the you take a look at the Asian Asian Polynesian wrestlers that were Bond villains, and you had uh, oh, yeah. you had Odd Job, who was a, a a decent wrestler on his own. I forget what his actual name was. Uh, right, was Professor Tanaka. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tanaka was in was in there, but he wasn't Odd Job. Odd Job was another wrestler. Okay. And okay. Uh, High Chief Peter Maivia was in a Bond movie. Right. Wow. Right. So I think Steamboat would have made a great Bond villain. Oh, I mean, because like you said, he had sure. he had the personality that he could have he could have not only matched up physically, but he could have matched wits with, uh, say, a Pierce Brosnan or a Roger Moore. Oh yeah, definitely. I would say so. Yeah, I'm surprised he's yeah, he's, highly, he's highly intelligent. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and you know the the funny yeah, part yeah. is you ask these wrestling fans. Um, I like to ask the young fans, "Hey, do you know who Sam Steamboat is?" And they go, "Oh no, Ricky Steamboat? No, Sam Steamboat. I don't know <laughs> Sam Steamboat. I only know Ricky Steamboat." Yeah. So then go back and look yeah, at your yeah. history. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. yourself. They're related, for God's sakes. Uh, now, of course, if you believe that, then you still believe that Dan Shockett was a real person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I just showed my age again. I'm sorry. Hello. <laughs> it, is it, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, God... And, and Steamboat, I mean, we alluded to this earlier. I mean, he could have a good match with anybody. I mean, I mean anybody. He was one of the few wrestlers that you, you go into a match with him and you, you come out looking like ten times better. Okay, I mean, than you won before. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of guys didn't want to work Saturday morning TV. They didn't want to get up early on a Saturday morning and go to the TV studio for TBS and and work a five-minute match. Steamboat never once complained, and he made oh. every he made every carpenter that he was in with look like a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, as did Flair, yeah, yeah. but Flair didn't didn't work as many matches because he was world champion. World champion True. didn't have to work on TV. Yeah, you're right. I'd be hard pressed to say a lot of a lot of people today couldn't keep up with Steamboat. I mean, no. Yeah, no, uh, there's there's maybe five guys in the world right now that can keep up with Ricky Steamboat. Um, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you my five if we want to do like a little fantasy thing. In my opinion, the five sure. guys right now that could actually hang with Ricky Steamboat, mm-hmm. um, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega before he got his vertigo, he could go, he could he could last mm-hmm. with Steamboat. Yeah, I, well. I can see them having a pretty good match. Yep, well. Kenny Omega definitely, Finn Balor. Finn Balor can go with the best of them. Yeah. Oh, well. Finn, yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Cody would match oh, up well yeah. with Steamboat. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, Cody. he's a good yeah. one. He's a good one. Yeah. I see like McIntyre is a... Yeah. Drew McIntyre as a... Drew McIntyre as a... An antithesis of Steamboat. A, a complete polar opposite style. Mm-hmm. They, would have a, they would have a good matchup. But I got to tell you who I think would have who I think would have a classic matchup with Steamboat 
And it's Who's not that? somebody you would normally think is Bobby Roode. I remember Bobby oh, yeah. Roode. I remember him. I remember him. There's a lot of flair influence in Bobby Roode, especially Bobby right. Roode as a heel. Yeah, yeah, I remember Bobby Roode. I mean, his I, I match, uh, his matches with Nakamura, those were Flair Steamboat matches. If you really take a look at them, well, yeah, they were really good, weren't they? they were really yeah, good. I mean, the, the NXT, the NXT feud that Roode had with Nakamura was, in my opinion, the modern day equivalent of Flair and Steamboat. Wow. You, you know, you know. Also, I see a lot of influence with Steamboat in today's wrestling. And and he's really come a long way from what he was as a riddle. Okay. Yeah. As a baby face. I, I see. Yeah, riddle, Riddle's given up on that uh, MMA stuff for the most part, which is fine because now he's yeah. he's he's more developed as a as a wrestler. Yeah, I can see that. It, it's selling. It's selling is ten times better, and you, you, you can see a little bit of that steamboat influence in, in <laughs> his artist selling in the ring. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah, I mean, if you and if you go into AEW, I mean, there's a number of guys that you could see Steamboat's influences on um, that are mm-hmm. that are still doing it. You know, Christian Cage, Christian Cage was a student of Ricky Steamboat's, and you can see wow. it. Oh yeah, Cage, yeah, yeah Christian, right? Christian yeah, definitely. You know, you can definitely see that influence. Mm-hmm. I hope it, we can see more of Christian Cage in the ring. Yeah, I do too. Coming up soon. I think he's got a lot more left to give. I do too. Yeah. He looks great, Cage. You know. Exactly. I see some Steamboat and AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. He's yeah got AJ a lot still has more of that Southern style, but there's a, there's a lot of yeah. Steamboat influence in AJ. Yeah, I like him. I like, I like him. I would love to see AJ. I would love yeah, to see like, AJ. Amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. I think he's an incredible wrestler as well. AJ Styles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think another match that would have been stellar, that would have been a one hour Broadway for the ages, would have been Steamboat and Dean Malenko. Oh, that would have been a good Oh, my God. You're right. You All the horsemen. And again, Dean Bischoff Malenko. dropped the ball. Bischoff was too worried about his. Storylines and his nonsense HLA, I won't even get into that, that he dropped <laughs> the ball. He had Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, yeah. Eddie Guerrero, yeah. and Ricky Steamboat, and none of them ever matched up together. Wow. Now, how that's stupid crazy. is that from a matchmaking that's standpoint? Crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, it is crazy. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you take a look at it, and... Eddie and Ricky Steamboat, they matched up in Japan, as did Benoit and Ricky Steamboat when Benoit was the Pegasus kid. But in WCW, where they had the larger stage, you never saw Malenko in Steamboat. You never saw Benoit in Steamboat. And you sure as hell didn't see Guerrero in Steamboat. And that's stupid. It's just bad booking. And and just think, for a little while there in WCW Retro, not Retro, but... um. WCW in, in itself, uh, I guess it was like '90s or so. At one time, Steamboat and uh, Rick Rude pretty much carried the company. Their feud. Wow. Yeah. 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 But you know, again, 
I think, you know, everybody's going to say, ah, oh, Chaz, you know, your, your old-fashioned thinking and uh, uh, the sport is evolving. Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean newer talent is coming on the scene? Great, that's awesome. Do you have to reinvent the wheel? Absolutely not. No. No. And case in point, how many guys are getting hurt now? And I mean seriously hurt because they're, they're trying so hard to reinvent the wheel. Look at this AEW New Japan card that was just held in Chicago. How many guys mm. did they have to yeah. drop out and replace because of mm. major injuries, concussions, wow. and broken bones because they're, they're trying so hard to do uh, Cirque du Soleil in the ring? Come on, guys. It's wrestling. It's, and, there's and, no need for and that. And this past weekend, even at the Forbidden Door, they, they had more injuries. Mm, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I mean, that is crazy. And how many times did Steamboat get seriously injured in his career? I don't know. I don't twice. know too many. I mean, twice. Twice in 30 years. Well, I know it was And a one lot. was because Flair roughed him up. Flair and, yeah. the, Flair and the horseman got a hold of him in the locker room and, yeah. uh, and roughed up his face. And then the other wow. injury that he had is when um, Savage dropped the, the ring bell on him oh, on man. his throat. Right. Before the WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. So you're talking a guy that worked 300 dates a year for no. the better part of 25 years and got hurt twice. Not bad at all. Not bad at yeah. all. These new kids can't, can't say that. You can't, you can't argue with those stats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did he, take, did he have bumps and bruises and knocks and sprains and whatnot? Sure he did. But he didn't yeah. have major injury. No. Yeah, that's true. You know, and by the same token, you want to take it. It shows these guys today, you know, how to work in the ring without, you know, plus independence. They still have a great match. I'll tell you one guy that could. I'll tell you one guy that could do it. He's underrated, in my opinion, on this. Is the Miz. The Miz can go three hundred dates a year without getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he used to be a good wrestler as well. I'm in the I mean, I'm he, he's a wrestler. He's not, uh, you know, he's not some some acrobat showman that's gonna go out there and and say, "Hey, look, mom, I'm working without a net." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, me as a user, I like me. I like his. I like his energy. But again, you know, could the Miz have been? If it was a time machine, could the Miz have gone back to '86 and been top of the card? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. because he he learned. He, you know, forget Steamboat was a was an agent for WWF and WWE when the Miz was coming up. So you can't um, tell me Steamboat didn't teach these kids how not to get hurt. Yeah, I would say so. Steamboat was definitely a pro. He was a pro. He was a professional. You know, Steamboat gave me great advice one time. We were in a skybox at the Milwaukee Admirals game. And uh, the hockey game, and, and uh, we were talking, and I said, you know, he says, so what are your aspirations? And I said, like anybody else, get to the top of the sport. He says, well, there's two things working against you. He goes, number one, at the time I was about, oh, about 45, 50 pounds heavier than I am now. He goes, right now you're about 30 pounds overweight. And wow. Vince McMahon does not like your style of worker. And I said, what's that? He goes, a manager. Vince doesn't like managers. You're dumb. I said, okay, I appreciate the honesty. Wow. Now I dropped the weight, and I mean, do I still does 
if you're in the wrestling business, everybody hopes against hope that you're going to be noticed and brought to the to the large stage. But am I realistic in thinking that's going to happen? Absolutely not. Because I turned 55 this year, and no one wants to see a 55-year-old manager. You know, we never give them a new era now, unfortunately. Well, and it's okay. I mean, everybody, everybody has to. Everybody has their run, and everybody has their their time in the spotlight. And then you make the most out of it. You make the most out of what you got. You know, at every stage of your career, and I think Steamboat shows that. Steamboat started out as this young up and comer yep. in Mid Atlantic, and grew into a world champion. Yes, he did. You know, in his run with uh, with uh, WWF and WCW. Yeah. And then he, he transitioned out. I mean, he went and then he went backstage and became an agent, became a teacher. And I laughed. There was a story about some wrestler that disrespected Steamboat when he was an agent for WWE and, and lost his push because of it. And wow. uh, the wrestler got questioned by Arn Anderson, and Arn said, "What did you do?" Oh, well, Steamboat doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And he told me to do this, and I told him no. And Aaron said, did you get loud with him? He goes, yeah. So you got loud with Ricky frickin' Steamboat. Now you're wondering why you don't have a push. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, shot, him, shot himself in the foot. Definitely shot himself in the foot. Oh, yeah. oh most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. But, Stro, you had to, you had to have some some hellacious stories of, of watching Steamboat and those guys in the locker room, you know, getting prepared for matches and post-match. Oh my God! Yeah, and and to be in the ring with Ricky Steamboat was just uh, amazing. It, it was like a a deal on my bucket list anyway. Because uh, he was definitely one of the ones I always stepped in the ring with him, and to actually be with him and just wow. see firsthand how smooth wow. and how art, how much of, of art form he made his work, his body of work in the ring was just uh, amazing. I mean, I was just mesmerized at how great he was and how the transition, the feeling off of each other in the ring. I mean, he, he just, uh, it was, everything was just so second nature to him. He, he made everything, yes. just, like, yes. so easy. And it was, oh, it, it was definitely an experience I'll never forget. You know, the, the one thing I noticed in, in my short career in working um, against uh, wrestlers of the top caliber, in managing against guys like, uh, Shofunaki and Hacksaw mm-hmm. Jim Duggan and Rikishi is that wow. they were their everything was so second nature to these guys that they mm-hmm. were two mm-hmm. steps ahead speed wise of anything I had ever been in with before them. And so as you know, wow. as a manager you're trying to you're trying to control your client and make sure that the referee's on the up and square or at least on your side. And you're yeah, trying to make right. sure that you're going to take advantage of every opportunity. But, damn, these guys were so second nature and so quick that if you blinked, the opportunity was gone. Wow. Oh, right. Exactly. That's crazy. We'll be joined by uh, uh, Steve. Press Steve. Um, welcome back. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing, Steve? How you doing, Steve? Uh, How you doing? Uh, Hey, what's yeah, happening, Steve? We got Mr. Hollywood, Chad, on the line. Yeah. Uh, I did uh, watch uh, 
Ricky Steamboat, Masao recently last week, Tiger Mask too. From all Japan. Oh, what a match. What a match. Yeah, uh, from 89, it was March 8th, 89, and uh, yeah, Steamboat was going for a pile driver, but then Masao or Tiger Mask too countered, and then uh, Steamboat rolled him up for the win. Uh, it's just pretty cool that we got one of those dream matches in all Japan. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. You know what? Another guy that had a sort of Ricky Steamboat influence was the Booker T. Some of his smooth set and ring style. You see some Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, Booker T. Yeah, Booker uh, T. Right. Yeah, I like him as well. Yeah, I mean you couldn't help but you couldn't help but see it. I mean, Sterling, like I said, you would you would know being in the locker room with these guys, it, it just had to rub off. I mean, it had to being exposed to that kind of talent just had to rub off on everybody. Exactly. Oh, it's exactly. amazing to see. And like I said, being in the ring with them is just another. You look at this a whole new level of how great he was. You know, I've, I've yeah, been hearing Steve years at that point how, how great yeah. the was with it. When I finally had the opportunity, I'm still floored. Yeah. So did you notice, though, in working in the ring with Steamboat, did you notice that that difference in speed? And by speed, I mean just the the fluidity of transitions from hold to hold and move to move. I mean, I noticed it managing against a lot of the guys that had been at the top of the game. And did you notice it in the ring with him that, you know, he was just a little bit faster than what you were used to? Oh, God, yeah. So natural at, at the cold counter hold. It was like, even though it was like for the first, that first encounter with Steamboat, it, it felt like I'd been in the ring with him for years. That's how natural it flowed. It, it, wow. it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine, could you imagine how, that telepathy that existed between Steamboat and Flair, having worked almost a thousand matches together. He really was I, 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 swear, I swear they could have gone through matches blindfolded and still have good matches. I mean, that's how good oh, yeah. history was. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they were feuding in Mid-Atlantic for, what, three years? Yeah, yeah pretty much. And Again, you're talking and they said 200 matches, matches a year. The matches then were better than the ones that came out later since I can only imagine how great those matches oh my god right definitely <laughs> incredible but Steve how, how many times did Steamboat go out to Japan because I know he didn't they, the E never sent him out there the WWF didn't send him out there very often a little bit with Baba but but nothing crazy I mean how many matches can you recall that, that Steamboat actually had in Japan that's all well, he even faced Flair in Japan. There's, uh, I, I see mostly all Japan pulled up, but um, now I couldn't give you a certain amount, but no. But I mean, he was he was out in all Japan quite often though when he was with uh, WCW and and the NWA. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. He, uh, you know, we we talked about this earlier in the show. I mean, if, if Steve was still around and his prime, he imagine the knowledge he could have passed on to so many stars in the day. They, they could have helped him 
you know, I mean, avoid injury and go out there and have great matches. I mean, the style that he had with Macho Man back in the day, Flair, Steve Austin, and all that guy. Man, it's knowledge would have helped so many nowadays. Oh, definitely, no question. Yeah, I no mean, doubt, no doubt, no he did I'm a, a tour right uh, now. I was gonna say he, he did tour with uh, New Japan in October 1990. Just uh, I guess that'd be one of his later tours. Uh, go ahead, Chaz. Okay. No, what I was saying was I'm gonna be selfish right now. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen them come to terms money-wise and had Blair and Steamboat match up on the 31st of July. Even at their ages right now, it still would have been one for the ages. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely been incredible. Yeah, it was, was like one of my top two, you know I mean, when they mentioned Flair's last match coming up in July. It was Steamboat and Ricky Morton. Definitely my top two. I had heard oh. that uh, when he had that WrestleMania match, that if it wasn't for Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, he would have stole the show, is what I heard from other reviewers. People talking wow. about Ricky Steamboat's oh. career. That that match they had with Jericho was like one of the best in the card, apparently. Oh, yeah, well, he that stole was it from. Well, he definitely they definitely stole it from Andre and Hogan. I mean, that was. Wow. Well, that's incredible. Right, right. I mean, I I still get chills watching that match with Savage. It's a near fall. All the mm. near falls and all the drama and the story they told in the Savage. It's still that gives me goosebumps just watching it. It's so amazing. That's crazy. It's simply amazing. Yeah, I think Jesse Ventura said it was like the best match he had seen <laughs> up to that point. So good, man. I I had I had the uh, pleasure to meet Steamboat a couple of times at uh, shows. He was. Uh, Super great to uh, chat with Tempion briefly, and uh, I asked him uh, what, what opponent he would have wanted to work with that didn't he get to, and uh, mentioned Shawn Michaels. I think that would have been yeah. a great match. Shawn Michaels would be steamboat. Wow, yeah, that would have been something. Yeah, that would have been oh, most definitely. Been, that would have been something. Okay. Yeah, guys, I hate Randy to cut Savage. the party short, but I got to get going. I appreciate you guys. Let me have a platform to contribute, and well, all the good best. Good to hear from you. Oh, you. Good to hear from and you. And I'll talk to you Thank guys you. next week. Thank you so much. Yeah, call, call back next week. Love you, bro. Love all you, right. bro. Take have care, guys. Have a weekend. Take care. Yes, sir. Wow, that's Chad Moretti, man. That was great to hear from him. Hope he can come back next week, man. It's always, always yeah. cool to have more, man. Yeah, yeah my show, yo, my show, I'm about to, I'm to call it tonight. It's my bedtime as well. <laughs> But um, Papa Show, my friend Steve, uh, Steve, I enjoyed uh, talking to you guys tonight. Yeah, um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking on WCW Retro with the Stroke. (laughs) Thank you, Mister House. Love you, man. It's good to hear from you, Steve. It's good to hear from you, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Good to hear you too. Good to hear from you You guys. Take care. I love you guys. Take care. Have a good night. Love you too, brother. You have a good night. All right. Take care. Oh, yeah, yeah. Happy 4th of July. You have a safe holiday. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, brother. It's Mr. Hollywood, guys. That was great to get him call again, too, man. It's been a good night. Good night, man. Yes. Oh, Steve. Yeah, we've just been 
uh, just really good so far. It's a lot of cool rookie steamboat memories and all that. Do you have any more you'd like to share, man? The dragons? No, I was, I was just finishing up basically. Yeah, I was really glad to meet him at uh, some shows. I think I met him at the convention and then at a wrestling show at like a high school event. And uh, he was great both times. And uh, awesome. shared some funny stories at the wrestling show. He like shared an Andre story and eating Chinese food and just. Uh, we could listen to them probably for hours if they had the time. And so, oh, I bet. Pretty oh, good time. Right? I was going to ask you of of, of uh, if, if Steamboat was still in his prime today, who would you love to see him step in the ring with? Oh, Brian Danielson. Today. American Dragon. So we got Dragon versus Dragon. Oh, can you imagine? My goodness, be amazing. And I'm sure he had Brian some good Daniels. matches with the. Uh, I'm sure uh, Steamboat had some good matches with Regal too, on WCW. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. If you get a chance to watch him, he's on YouTube, man. Those matches were really darn good. So good. And 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 I know Regal's mentioned a few times. He wish he was like, you know, didn't have the injury that he had the match with Steamboat because he felt like they could have been that, been that much better. But, I mean, he just genuinely right. watched Steamboat and Regal, man. They just throw it out. I mean, the great Matt wrestling. It was classic. <laughs> and the um, big Snake Roberts feud. I love uh, going back and listening to listening about it. Um Oh yeah, what if you would say that they wanted one of Jake's best rivals too, yeah. Yes. Yes, by far. Oh man. And people still talk about their views to this day. Jake Steamboat. Amazing. You know, a lot of times too Ricky won't get enough credit for this. I mean I mean, in and out of the ring, he was Ricky Steamboat. I mean, what you saw, you got with him. Uh, he a genuinely nice guy, and uh, and what, and just always great. You know, always just a nice word to you to talk to you, and talk to you pretty much by anything, and look down to earth, and uh, you know, and people that you know know Ricky Steamboat, you know, behind the scenes, know that you know he, he was pretty pretty genuine, you know. Right. Did you ever see Richie Steamboat? Yeah. Richie Richie was so cool, man. And I wish things would have worked out better for him. Because, I mean, he was just a chip off the old block. He really was. And I always enjoyed seeing him doing shows with him. Uh, It's an old picture, matter of fact. I think I'll post later on on my social media of myself and Richie. And uh, it's so great hanging out with Richie. Uh, like I said, I, you know, I wish things had worked out better with him in the industry because, I mean, he, at, the, at that point, he was well, I felt like he was well in place, you know what I mean? Agreed. 
guys. You know, it's it's, it's cool that you know, Ricky does his appearances and everything, and you know, I mean, and uh, I, I just hope nothing but great things, you know, for the Steamboat family. Good stuff, man. Um, yeah, it's been nice. It's been cool tonight talking about Ricky Steamboat. Great memories. Thank you guys for calling in. Thank you for listening, listening in. Um, Steve, uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug this week? Uh, yeah, just uh, for wrestling interviews on Sunday nights, uh, 7.30. Definitely uh, glad to talk nice. wrestling with uh, the group. Sinister... Velvet Todd, Dr. John, so um yeah, I know I was looking forward to uh no, I just uh haven't confirmed anyone yet, but we'll see. There's there might be a couple that I have in mind. But um I'll let you know. Um yeah, please do. Yeah, just thanks for having me on the retro. Definitely looks oh, definitely enjoy uh reminiscing. No, oh, yes, same here. You know, Money in the Bank, is that Saturday or Sunday this weekend? I think it was today. Let me look. Sunday. Probably think it's Sunday. It's Saturday, July 2nd. Oh, Saturday. Yeah, I'm not used to Saturday, but they usually do Sundays, but... Right. Oh, that's cool. Well, I, 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 I yeah, really enjoyed it. Some talk about. I really enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Uh, I just, I'll probably catch up. On, I'll probably uh, give my thoughts on Forbidden Door and uh, uh, Blood and Guts because those are some really good shows. Right, right, right. And what a show they had! Blood and Guts, man, that was, that was a wild one. Fast Wednesday. Yeah. Good thing Cesaro in action. Claudio. Oh, yeah. Love seeing uh, Claudio show up. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I know they're kind of building for a Moxley punk, you know, See who's gonna be the world champion is basically you know, later on, but you can't help believe that Cesaro ain't too far behind in his title picture. I just, I just have that feeling that he's, he's gonna be involved all the later. I can't, gonna be I can't in, believe in the title picture. Uh, Claudio is gonna be involved some, somehow, some way in that title picture sooner or later. Because, uh, oh yeah, and that guy's. That guy's red hot right now. I think he might red hot. have a program with Eddie Kingston at some point, but definitely I'd, I'd like to see him at least challenge for the title. That's one thing that I wish he could have done more of in WWE was challenge mm-hmm. for the title at least. Yeah. I, I really hope Tony Khan gives him that platform where he could be a major player. You know what I mean? Something that WWE didn't really give him a chance to showcase you know um 
uh, Starcade 95 was kind of like the first New Japan WWE Super Show in the States, probably. Um, right, yeah. I wish I, w- I wish we could have seen Ricky Steamboat on a card like that, given that he was still exactly. able to probably work at that time if he wasn't uh, retiring or winding down. And you know what? They could have put Steamboat with anybody in that roster. So good. <laughs> right. So good. Uh, Steamboat is one of the rare class of wrestlers that, that we mentioned that you go into a match with Steamboat and look like going out of it win, lose, draw is ten times better than you ever were before. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to have seen him and Muda in like a big program in WCW. That would have been great. I know he's faced in a huge fan, but like in a big WCW suit, that would have been great. Oh, gosh, yeah. Gosh. That is a tremendous. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, next week, um be a big week for us in WWE Retro. We're, we're going to be talking about... Uh, Mach- we'll, we'll be discussing the career of the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Next week, WWE Retro. So Sounds good. Macho Man, Macho Man stories up. Bring him up to the table should be a good time. Um, and tomorrow night in WWE Zone, the Stroh Zone at my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jonah Maestro. Now, tomorrow night's feature will be Forbidden Planet back in the day. And it's at uh, midnight Eastern time. And uh, next week, next Saturday, I am uh, inducting a late wrestling brother of mine, uh, Moses Manson. UPWA Hall of Fame at the UPWA uh, show uh, next Saturday at the Austin YMCA building in Wilmington, North Carolina. And for more information, go to the UPWA, com for more information. And look for UPWA Wrestling and all of those media outlets, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all that. So it's an honor to do so next week. But uh, I hope you guys. Have a wonderful 4th of July uh, weekend. Don't forget for wrestling interviews this Sunday. Uh, 7.30, Steve? Um, yes. For wrestling interviews? Yes. This Sunday. And check them out. Call in, check them out. And uh, thank you guys for the support. Much appreciate. Love you all. And we'll be back next Thursday discussing the Macho Man, Randy Savage. And and with that, you guys have a good night, God bless, and happy fourth.